Nation. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well. us here uh we'll talk a little uh, with him about well you know what's uh, going on there uh with the uh, Purdue men's basketball coming off the maui win football's wrapped up as well we'll get some thoughts and even touch on that uh iu health hoops classic uh, which kicks off here tonight we'll also check in with the uh, fine folks over at uh purdue athletics and uh, we will see about uh, tickets for events this week, right? A lot going on here, and uh, we'll talk to them about that. That's coming up in just a little bit. But let's get started, like we always do, with our need-to-know news. Here's your need-to-know news. By the way, let me kick off need-to-know news time with, uh, I do have women's basketball tickets for Sunday's match against Valparaiso. If you want to win those, text Boiler Up to 765 765- Four four seven four zero eight zero. Again, text Boiler Up to seven six five four four seven four zero eight zero. That's your chance to win Purdue women's basketball tickets for Sunday's game in Mackey Arena versus Valparaiso. All right. Transfer portal continues to grow. Top story today. More Purdue players in. Purdue's leading wide receiver Dion Burks is out of five thousand. This after Marshawn Rice and T.J. Sheffield also hit the portal over the last few days, leaving a Big need to fill at wide receiver. Also in today, a position that you really don't want to lose guys in. Offensive line, Malachi Picado and uh, offensive lineman Andre Oban. All hitting the portal for Purdue today. Big Ten announcing some year-end awards today for second, third team defensive players. They saw fit to leave both the leader in INTs and the leader in sacks off of the first team. Dylan Thiedem and Nick Scorton only made second team. And the only two Boilers to make a list. Kydron Jenkins was second in the Big Ten in sacks. And nothing. Absolutely nothing. These voters ought to be ashamed of themselves. How? Ugh. Anyway, so today, the all Big Ten defensive and special team selections, defensive players of the year, all that kind of stuff, return specialist coach of the year, defensive coaches of the year. Tomorrow, we'll get the all Big Ten offensive selections. It's. It's a shameful. To leave those guys off of the list. Uh, other notable award winners. 
The Nagurski Wooden Defensive Player of the Year is Jerzon Newton from Illinois. Dave Braun won Coach of the Year. That's the coach's vote. The media vote also, he got that. Defensive Lineman of the Year, Jerzon Newton as well. Linebacker of the Year, Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State. Defensive Back of the Year, Cooper DeJean. Yeah. I just... This is shocking to me. Absolutely shocking. I understand the record, but that shouldn't be held against those two guys. Who led the conference in probably the two most important statistics on defense. But okay. Uh, Patrick Kane is going to sign a one-year deal, $2.75 million to play with the Detroit Red Wings. Kane spent the first 16 years of his NHL career in Chicago before he got traded to the Rangers. He's six months out from hip surgery. He had been talking with uh, other teams, including Buffalo, Florida, Dallas, Toronto, and Boston. Speaking of the Blackhawks, following an internal investigation, the Blackhawks say they will place Corey Perry on unconditional waivers for purposes of terminating his contract. Perry had taken a leave of absence from the team with the Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson telling reporters that the decision to send Perry away from the team was made by management. Perry's agent said in a statement uh, it was Perry's decision to leave the Blackhawks. Either way, he's done. The Blackhawks issued a statement alleging that Perry engaged in conduct described as unacceptable and that it was a violation of both the terms of his contract and the team's internal policies that are intended to promote professional and safe work environments. How about those Bears last night? They beat the Vikings 12-10, just one touchdown in the game, scored by TJ Hawkinson. Cairo Santos with four field goals, including the game winner with 10 seconds left. DJ Moore, 11 catches, 114 yards. Justin Fields, 27-37, 217, 59 yards on the ground as well. Bears move to 4-8, and and they head into their bye week. IU Health Hoops Classic kicks off tonight at McCutcheon. Uh, It'll be Benton Central taking on Westside at 6, followed by Rensselaer and McCutcheon at 7.30. Then it's Jeff and CC, uh, over at Jeff, it's CC and Harrison at 6 p.m., followed by Twin Lakes and Jeff at 7.30. 30, and uh, there you go. That would be today's need-to-know news. I'm still a little worked up about this Thieneman and Scorton being on the second team thing. What, what, are you, what are you guys looking at? Makes no sense to me. Makes no sense. Thieneman, okay. All right, you know, he's only he's only the best freshman in the country, but he's a freshman. Sure, why not? All right, fine. But score to two? That's it it's just it's absurd to me. Uh, we'll get Sam King's thoughts on that too. He's coming up here in about 6 minutes or so. But hey, Last night, a little bit of a mixed bag. We hit the over on receptions for Addison. We came one yard off of that 40 yards. Oh, brutal. So we came one off there. Um, What else did we had? We had, uh, man, we had the Dobbs touchdown, but he was just, he had a rough night. He had a real rough night. And then the, uh, the over doesn't hit, but the Justin Fields uh, over with the rushing yards, we cleared that. 
So we're good to go. So what do we want to do tonight? Uh, I was looking at this Purdue game. Man, this is tough. Because you get a Texas Southern team that has some size to deal with Edie on the interior. However, um, they do not generate a lot of offense. Just 54 points. Now, uh, in, in their defense, they have lost all six of their starts. But they did play Virginia. They did play Creighton. They only put up 23 points against Virginia. Ugh. What'd they shoot in that game? I'm sorry, it was 33 points. Um, like how bad did they shoot? 26%. Ugh. So yeah, they're going to take some shots. I don't think it's going to matter tonight. This spread's already at 31. 31! Now Creighton beat them 82 to 50. So there's 32 right there. That spread was also at 31 and a half. This is just, it's a little close. And look at our friends from DraftKings. They don't want to put up any player props for this one. I don't blame them. 31 seems a little close. And then we're asking ourselves, do we like 136? And so often with this, you know Purdue's probably going to be up in the 80s, right? That's probably say 85 is a safe bet. I shouldn't say safe. The over-under on the team is 83. I might want to shade to the over on that one. This is a Texas Southern team that uh, they do okay in terms of defense as well. They give up an average of 73. It's not great. Can Purdue overshoot that? I think so. Look, Drake put up 77 on them. Creighton put up 82. It's definitely possible. You know, it's a Ken Palm team that's well into the 200s. Produced only crossed that uh, 85-point threshold that we need there uh, through their first three games. Didn't do it at all in Maui, but that's to be expected. I think I might have to take the 83-and-a-half I just the thing I don't like about the 130, what do we say, 136 on the over under for them. The thing that I really don't like about that is, you know, you, you figure Purdue is good for like 80, but then these guys have got to go off for like 55, and I don't know that you can trust them to do that. I just don't. If you had to pick, I'd be an under guy on that, but I don't have to pick. So maybe that's the bet there. I just it's hard to squeeze a lot of juice out of this lemon here. I mean, there's just nothing. I'm I'm looking for everything here. Unless you want to take Purdue to win between 17 and 20 at plus 700. But I don't feel like Texas Southern's a team that's really going to backdoor the cover. And if they do, it's not going to be that much. Spreading the first half's 18 and a half. Again, I feel like they're all over. It's the right number here. But the odds makers got this 41 to 23 at the half. So I'll go ahead. That'll be the play tonight in the Purdue game. I'll take the team total over the 83 and a half. 
I just don't, I don't see a lot of room here. And it's the same for the rest of the Big Ten tonight. I mean, there's 6.30, you've got Michigan State hosting uh, Georgia Southern. You know, we're getting into this kind of holiday thing. Everybody's come back from the tournaments and stuff, readjusting, getting into finals. That's a 28.5-point game against Georgia Southern, who is also 0-6. But they do average 70 points a game. But I'm not brave enough tonight to take Georgia Southern to keep it within the 26 and a half. That's actually 28 and a half. Oof. Uh, nah. And Southern's played absolutely nobody. Absolutely nobody. Or you go to Ryder in Maryland, which is just going to be ugly. Maryland's a 16 and a half point favorite there. That's up from 14 and a half. Ryder's one and four. I don't even know who this team is that they beat. But, I mean, they got whooped up by 30 by Marquette. Nebraska beat them by 14. Duquesne beat them by 20. Stony Brook beat them by 7. They're not good. But then again, Maryland's not good. But at least they got back to their winning ways here. Ugh, just an ugly, ugly one-sided night here. Maryland should roll in that one, but... Yeah. You can't even put these three teams together on the money line and make anything tonight. Ugh, it's so tough. They won't, uh, DraftKings won't even give me a money line for Purdue this evening. Might just be one of those nights where we're not doing much. It is what it is. We're going to take a break. Sam King, Journal and Courier, he's next here on Hammer Down Show. Oh, don't forget, by the way, keep texting in for those Purdue women's basketball tickets. Valparaiso's in Mackey on Sunday we can get you in there. Text Boiler Up 765-447-4080, and we'll get you your chance to win those tickets. Coming up here on uh, 1017 The Hammer. 101- Back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. You can win my Purdue women's basketball tickets for Valparaiso on Sunday in Mackey Arena. Just text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. You'll be registered to win. Over to the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline we go. Sam King of the Journal and Courier is on with us here. Buddy, it's uh, always good to talk with you. we got a lot of stuff going on here locally today. I do want to get a little bit to basketball. I do want to just briefly touch on the Hoops Classic as well. But, um, you know, it, it's been big on the football front today. More portal names in there. Um, but I, what I thought was the most shocking thing here today, Sam, was the fact that the Big Ten released their first, second, and third team defensive teams, and shockingly, they lead off. They leave off them from the first team, the leader in interceptions and the leader in sacks. Two guys nowhere to be found, and second place in sacks in the league, not even making third team. I mean, I was shocked when I saw this. I don't imagine what you thought when you saw it. Yeah, and uh, I understand that when you look at things, the first place. Uh, people probably look is not the roster of a four and eight team, but if you look at the statistics, it's a little mind boggling. I'm not surprised that Dylan Thieneman was not a first team selection when you look at the other defensive backs in the league, but statistically, he definitely is among the best. Uh, Nick Scorton, if you just watch the the tape, uh, that's the one that's that's a little baffling because I thought he was a for sure first team All Big Ten selection, and uh, you know I put him on my 
uh, first team for the USA Today's All Big Ten team, and he did make that team. And Dylan Zeneman was the the newcomer of the year on the USA Today's list. But as far as the you know, I guess what is the official All Big Ten teams? Uh, both of those guys being left off is you know maybe one uh, very quizzical uh, in the in regards to Nick Scorton, and then Dylan Zeneman. You know, he's going to probably be on there the next two years, if not three years, if, if he stays in college that long. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't understand the Nick Scorton exclusion on the first team, especially when you see the guys. You know, he's a tweener. It's hard to say, is he a linebacker? Is he a, a defensive lineman based on the, the scheme that Purdue runs? Uh, you could put him at either one of those spots, and I think that he probably is better than or he definitely, in my opinion, is better than, than a couple of the guys, at least, that are on that list. I you know, I understood Thieneman a little bit just because, A, he's a freshman and stuff, but, boy, it's going to look really weird when a freshman All-American uh, can't seem to crack the uh, top of the charts here in uh, in the Big Ten. It just it feels up, but you're right. Nick is the guy I, I knew, man, ever since I watched his high school tape, I've been singing that kid's praises, and I knew he was going to be a star out here. It just It's hard because of what the record is, Sam, that uh, – these voters, who these people that decide, he can't get a fair shake because the record is what it is, and that seems to somehow negate his efforts. It's supposed to be an individual effort thing, and I feel like he got he got screwed over. Yeah, and Cleveland.com before the season, because there's no preseason All Big Ten football teams, uh, that that uh, that publication puts out its own preseason All Big Ten team and asks for a, a vote of top three. Uh, offensive, defensive, uh, and the like. And I put Nick Scorton as my third best defensive player going into the season. And I think people, you know, that ended up being the only vote he got. Uh, but people probably were like, you know, what are you doing here? But we saw him all spring and it was clear that this guy was going to be a, a game wrecker. And then I somewhat feel validated voting him as the third best defensive player based on the fact that he missed the game, still ended up as the big 10 leader in sacks with 10 and was third in the Big Ten and tackles for loss. Um, Kadron Jenkins, probably a guy, too, that we're not talking about, who statistically deserved to be on that list. He had a touchdown. He had, uh, you know, I think was, what, second or third in sacks in the league. Second, and yeah. uh, when, when you look at 15 and a half tackles for loss, um, you know, the reason Purdue lost some of these games wasn't because of defense. When you're losing at Iowa 20 to 14, when you're losing at Northwestern 23 to 15, you know, for the most part, the defense did its job. It was it seemed to be just a you know one or two big plays a game that uh, doomed Purdue because the offense couldn't put up points. So uh, you know I understand you know when you look at a four and eight team, but I don't understand when you look at production from an individual standpoint. We're talking with Sam King, the Journal and Courier here on a Hammerhead Hotline. He'll be in Mackey, I'm sure, tonight watching uh, Purdue basketball as they take on Texas Southern. Coming back from Maui, very impressive there, Sam. Um, you know, I, I it, it that that tournament was just so difficult because there was going to be a very good team that was going to come home one and two, and uh, thankfully it was not the Boilermakers. Uh, they sweep this thing. I mean, they're getting very good at these uh, tournaments out west in uh, in November. They should continue to do that kind of stuff. Zach Eady's the tournament, uh, you know, outstanding player. I did they? I mean. What do you think out of that? Do you, did you go into that one saying, hey, 2-1 and one and I'm happy? Did you go in that one saying, hey, they've got to win this thing all? Do they exceed your expectations? What was your takeaways from watching them in Maui? After seeing 
Marquette play Kansas. I was very worried that uh, that Purdue was going to come out of that thing two and one, and uh, probably the difference in that game was Oso Iguodaro getting a reach in foul on Braden Smith for his second foul about four minutes in, and and having to sit the entire rest of the first half because uh, that's a different team when he's on the floor, and because of of Oso being on the bench for the first half for the most part, Purdue's able to go into the lo- the locker room up 12, and yes, it took a, a 75-80 footer at the buzzer to, to get to 12, and that ended up being the difference in the game. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it probably, it's hard to say because the field was so loaded, it was going to be like, who could play better uh, at a particular time? Um, the fact that you get three wins and come out of there, that's great. You're number one. You're playing a team that's winless tonight. Probably the right time to do something like that where you're coming off of three hard-fought victories and you start Big Ten play on Friday. So this seems like a, a great place to put a little bye game where it should be an easy game that you can win and you can rest some guys. Uh, but, man, I, you know, it's it's just crazy. I think what Zach Eady has become, and I, you know, wrote before the season he would not be National Player of the Year for a second straight season, and now I'm starting to feel like I'm an idiot for saying that because well you got the big caraway thing right you can't get them all right you can't do everything man well I you know last year he was the new you know sensation and the media tends to latch on to like okay here's a new guy that we can uh you know hang our hat on and I, hey, I did also, you know he used to uh, play hockey by the way <laughs> and baseball oh wow I never heard that one <laughs> but uh yeah I, I just I thought with what he did last year, he would be such a focal point that guys like Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer and, and Lance Jones and even Trey Kaufman Wren and, and you know the other supporting cast would have bigger seasons while Edie's you know production maybe dipped a little bit in terms of uh, points because uh, just the way you have to defend them. But I'm on board now with the fact that there's just no way to defend Zach Edie. You could put a, a team of five around him and he would find a way to get offensive rebounds and putbacks or something. So. He is the most unique player in college basketball that, that's probably been around for, for a long time. Probably, you know, I don't want to compare him to Shaquille O'Neal, but he's just kind of a, you know, a unicorn in, in regards to uh, so much dominance and, and such size that there's not really a way to stop him from doing what he's going to do. Speaking of which, isn't, isn't Shaq's kid on Texas Southern? Is that, am I misremembering that? I honestly don't even know. I I think he is. I can't remember, though. I know nothing about Texas Southern except for what Matt Painter told us yesterday. And, you know, the thing that stuck out is they've been in the NCAA tournament three years in a row, and and at least in the last three years, these are the types of teams that Purdue has struggled against. So uh, maybe it's a good thing to have a team like that on your schedule just from that standpoint, that that's the team that actually lost to Fairleigh Dickinson to set up Purdue versus Fairleigh Dickinson last season. Oh, yeah, no, they got payback coming for that one, so uh, we're going to have to make sure that we take care of that. Sam, before we let you go, hey, IU Health Hoops Classic kicks off tonight for the boys. Uh, over at McCutcheon starting at 6 o'clock, BC takes on Westside, and then it's Rensselaer at McCutcheon. Oh, over at Jeff, it's CC Harrison, followed by Twin Lakes and Jeff. What can we expect out of this year's uh, installment of the tournament, and who do you like? Well, this is a unique year where you look at the field and say, I'm not sure who the favorite is, and, you know, that's, you know, nothing against these teams, but the talent level has dipped a little bit in this area compared to past years. Um, and, you know, that's just because you had a, a guy like Brooks Barnheiser. You had a guy like 
Braden Shrewsbury a, a few years ago, who's now starting at Notre Dame. Um, Robert Fennessy, who who was a you know basically a four year starter at IU, he, he had his injury troubles, and then uh, you know career at Cincinnati didn't pan out because of, of more injuries. But there's been so many you know top tier Indiana All Star caliber players in this thing, and then this year it's just you know probably going to be more about team play than you know who is the individual star. And I like that uh, from the vantage point of it's going to come down to, to coaching, defense, you know, the little things that matter instead of a guy going off for 30, 35 points. Um, I'm very excited to see how these games tonight pan out and, and how the rest of the week pans out just because we kind of get a little idea. And I know Westside played McCutcheon in a hard-fought battle last week on Wednesday. So we get a little bit of an idea of, of what these teams have. But right now I'm, I'm not sure that there is a, a team you can point to and say, well, that's the team that's going to run away with this thing. Uh, one last thing I want to ask you about, because uh, I was kind of shocked to see this last week. Uh, it was, what, Faith Christian's account saying that they're they're going to go to 11-man football? They're going to build a stadium and everything, too? Um, yeah. That is, I mean, look, I, I thought it was great that they got into the 7-on-7, seven seven, but this was, I, I, I think, a little unexpected. I know they wanted to get to this point, but... Was the turnout and everything, was it that good that they could just immediately jump into 11-on-11 football, you think? Yeah, the whole idea was to, to transition there at some point. I did not expect it to happen so fast. Especially, Me I went to the first first game this season when Faith Christian uh, played at Schumann Stadium, and I was like, okay, you've got you know some numbers here. They had uh, The Eagles had a few players that I thought, like, these guys look like legit football players, but... It was a lot of, of learning the game still. Um, it was in its infancy, and you know most of these guys had never played football before, and they decided to band together and, and see what they could do and uh, you know ended up winning the game this year, which was huge. Uh, and, and then I guess the interest just must be there to where it was like, hey, we're, we're ready to take this thing to the next level and uh, do where we can go. Now, getting a schedule put together and all that stuff now becomes a challenge because – as we know, a lot of these schools have uh, conference affiliations already that have contracts tied in, and then yeah. typically you have your non-conference games set years in advance. So um, that becomes, you know, where it's going to be. How do you put a schedule together? When can you get a full nine-game regular season, and and all of that? So um, well, that's yeah, going to be very- easier than scheduling the seven-on-seven, seven, right? I mean, there's even fewer to do that, and they were like taking a month off between games there. What Faith Christian was doing was, uh, you know, the schools you had to play um, with the resources uh, and and just with the, you know, what you had and and everything. You were getting schools from three, four hours away because a lot of schools have 11-man football. And there have been talks uh, in this area about can Indiana sustain like an eight-man football league. And some of the schools at the time that were looking into that were smaller schools around here that were struggling uh, in 11-man football, had programs, but, you know, going to practice and running 11 versus 11, even in practice, you didn't have the numbers to really do that. And uh, now, so that's why I think it's, you know, so great for that school that it feels like there's enough interest and enough numbers that you can uh, expand and, and do that. And then, like you said, uh, there's already a soccer complex out there, and, and Faith Christian is just going to keep building and um, have its own facility for football. That's great because this year it was – uh, for home games, you know, having to go to Lafayette Jeff and play because that was the place that you could rent out and, and get your team on the field and get some uh, games and get some exposure and experience. 
How much longer till they join a conference, Sam? And would they jump into one locally like the Hoosier? Yeah, uh, well, you know, in, in soccer, there's a, a conference that Faith Christian's in, but there's, well, I think three schools in that league have soccer, but uh, it did find a, you know, a league in the, you know, the, the other sports that, you know, basketball, football, or basketball, baseball, all that with um, some of the smaller schools, North White, I think, North Newton uh, is, is the conference that that uh, school's in. So uh, if you can get there with football as well, um, you should have some built-in games already uh, once you get to that. So um, maybe it's not as difficult as I think, but just being a, a startup, uh, there's going to be probably some Friday nights that Faith Christian is going to have to make long trips or somebody's going to have to make a long trip here to get a game in. I'm sure they'll find a way to figure it out. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier, follow him tonight. He'll be out at Mackey uh, watching things here, too. And, of course, you were telling me Ethan's going to start taking over a little bit more on the uh, on the high school stuff now. How huh? you're going to transition in all, all the Purdue stuff, it sounds like. Yeah, uh, and when, when Ethan Hansen was hired, it was right at the end of the regular season of, of fall sports and uh, was more of just introducing him to the area. And he's kind of, I said, once we get to winter, I'm going to, you know, give this thing over to you. And if, you know, obviously with being here 16 years, if he needs my help on anything, I'm there to help him with that. And I'm not going to be a stranger and just never show up to a high school event again. But um, it's going to, you know, the big games that, you know, Harrison's versus McCutcheon's and Central Catholics versus Lafayette Jeffs, those types of games probably will be something that he will be at. And I would probably be at whatever would be maybe the second marquee game of the night. So make sure you're following Ethan as well. You don't want to miss out on Lafayette area sports. Sam King, Journal and Curry does a great job of covering things locally here for you. He's been doing it for 16 years, like he tells you. Sam, it's always a pleasure, my friend. And uh, enjoy tonight's uh, basketball game. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, buddy. All right, we're going to take a break. Don't forget, still got those tickets for you to win. Purdue, Valpo, Sunday, it's women's basketball in Mackey Arena. If you want to go, text BOILERUP, 765-447-4080. That's your chance to win them, 765-447-4080. We're coming back with more Hammer Down Show next on... Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017 TheHammer.com. To the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline again we go. Caitlin and Scott are on with us here. From Purdue Sports, a uh, great week of uh, athletics lined up here. Guys, always great to have you here. The big news this week, uh, volleyball, Dave Shondell and company, they've got themselves uh, a, a regional they're going to host. Everything starts on Thursday. Four teams there, they'll have to win back-to-back games. I know tickets really flew off the shelf for this, and it sounds like they're sold out right now. Yeah, that's right. So we are hosting um, a couple teams this weekend. The first is on Thursday. Um, at 4.30, um, that is going to be um, a matchup between Eastern Illinois and Marquette. And then Purdue will follow up at 7 against Fairfield out of Connecticut. Um, the second round game will take place on Friday, 7 p.m. Right now, tickets are not available. Um, there's a possibility that tickets will become available on the day of the game, but that will still remain to be seen. But well, it's a very well, exciting time in Holloway for Purdue Volleyball. Oh, absolutely. It was the ninth straight trip for Dave Shondell and company. So uh, if you want to get your face in the place, make sure you are paying attention uh, Thursday there and uh, see if some more tickets uh, come available. If not, on ESPN+. Plus, and uh, that is a great way to support your Boilermakers on Thursday and Friday. we got men's basketball tonight taking on Texas Southern. 
Uh, tickets for that are sold out, correct? That's correct. Tickets are sold out. Um, game is at 8.30 p.m., so if you don't have tickets, you can tune in to Big Ten Network and watch it there. I love it. Of course, then they're going to be back at Mackey on Monday. We got Big Ten basketball on Monday in Mackey Arena, uh, and it should be a high-scoring affair because Iowa is in town. Such an interesting school because their football team plays defense and can't play offense, and their basketball team plays ba- uh, plays offense and can't play defense. They should really <laughs> find a way to merge here and uh, figure it out. But uh, tickets for that Iowa game on Monday, we got any available? We do not. That game is sold out just like every other game this season for men's basketball. However, that one is also on Big Ten Network. It is also important to note that this is our elf game. So if you're coming to the game, feel free to dress up in a fun holiday costume or elf costume if you have one. Um, and there will be a lot of elf-themed elements throughout the game, just like last year if you were at that game. We're doing that again, huh? Sure are. <laughs> I did enjoy the uh, video with Coach Matt Painter and everything and Caleb dressing back up again. So that'll oh, be a good just one. Wait, it's just getting started. Oh, boy, here we go again. Uh, all right. <laughs> Uh, geez, I'll tell you, we're gonna be if we're gonna do this next year. He's gonna run out of scenes to replicate. We're gonna be getting into the DVD like deleted scenes. He's gonna be out there playing uh, hockey with a whole bunch of like four foot guys. Oh my god! Uh, you know, don't worry. There are so many scenes that we could do. Uh, this could go on for years. There's there's a lot more scenes that could be replicated that people just don't think about. But mm-hmm. um, we actually had to cut a few out for this year to save some. So well, there's it, plenty. You know, I was really hoping that we were going to do like a Zach Eady Die Hard thing, but you know what? I guess this is probably a good idea. Probably safer to stay with Caleb and Elf. Uh, we've got women's basketball on Sunday. They're taking on Valpo, and uh, if you haven't gotten out there to see Katie Geralds and company, high energy team. You got to go check them out. Tons of sisters on that team. We got like three pairs of sisters on this team. Uh, you got to get out there and see them. H- how about tickets for Sunday's game against Valparaiso? Are they available? They definitely are. Um, definitely come join us on Sunday. It should be a nice, uh, nice matchup. Nice <laughs> term. It should be a good matchup. Um, our uh, incoming, you know, younger part of the squad has been doing pretty solid for us. So it's been exciting watching them so far this season. Um, so if you haven't joined us, join us on Sunday. It is a BKC Sunday, so that means that our Boilermaker Kids Club members will get a free ticket to the game when they wear their membership T-shirt or shirt or badge. Um, parents have to purchase, so just keep that in mind as you arrive on game day. We also have a pregame chalk chalk that will occur at 1.15 prior to tip-off um, for our general fans to listen to some scout-like reports from some of our managers. You love to see that stuff. It's a whole lot of fun. So if I want to pick up those tickets for women's uh, basketball, where do I pick those up at? So easy to do. Don't forget, keep an eye out for some tickets becoming available for volleyball, maybe uh, on game day here, but uh, keep uh, just keep on watching for those. They may have some extras. We'll see what happens. Guys, always a pleasure talking some Purdue with you guys. Boiler Up, we'll talk with you again next week. Boiler Up. There you go. And uh, got a tweet in here from at J-Rod's Boilers, which is actually not one of my burner accounts, uh, but uh, want to know, repeat the volleyball tickets. I was told again they got to wait and see what gets returned from them uh, from the other allotments. So there's a possibility that uh, those do. And I'll tell you this: if Purdue wins that first game, which you feel like they're going to, uh, a decent chance there that uh, there might be some that open up on Friday. People might hit the secondary market with those. So keep an eye out of those uh, J Rods boilers. Hopefully that uh, works out for you here. Now, I don't have volleyball tickets, but I do have Purdue women's basketball tickets for you to win. They're taking on Valpo on Sunday. It's a 2 o'clock tip, right? Great Sunday afternoon. Take the family. Take the kids. Tickets are available, but you can win these tickets. 
If you text BOILERUP, 765-447-4080, I'm going to hook somebody up with those tickets here in just a little bit. We'll do it before the end of the show. Text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080. That's your chance to win tickets for Purdue Women's Basketball versus Valpo on Sunday. And then tomorrow, I'm going to have Big Ten basketball, men's basketball tickets for you here. Purdue versus Iowa on Monday. We'll give those away tomorrow. And Brian Newbert's going to be on the show tomorrow. So how about a dandy of a show tomorrow? You don't want to miss out on that one. But if you want to win those women's basketball tickets, boiler up, 765-447-4080. That is your chance to get the face in the place. So uh, do that, and uh, we'll see what happens here for you. Hang tight. We're going to come back. We'll wrap up with things we may have missed and more here on the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer. Hammer Down Show rolls on on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Of course, we got your chance to uh, win Purdue women's basketball tickets for Sunday's game against Valparaiso. Just text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080. And uh, I got you your chance here, right? All right, we're going to draw that winner out here in uh, less than 10 minutes. So uh, get them in here. BOILERUP to 765-447-4080. Your chance to win Purdue women's basketball tickets for Sunday. Two o'clock against Valparaiso. Let's uh, let's get into some things we may have missed. Everybody is clowning on Iowa's win total, uh, or sorry, uh, point total for this weekend's Big Ten championship game. The first half over for Iowa is a half a point, so oddsmakers think they're going to get shut out in the first half. It's the same thing for the second half. It's absolutely insane. By the way, Michigan 12.5 in the first half, 16.5 in the second half. I'm sorry, flip that. 16.5 in the first half, 12.5 in the second half. Why can't Iowa score in this game? Why not? How many times have we left Deacon Hill for dead with this offense? Yeah, he can't hit the broad side of a barn, it looks like, but he wins. I mean, I said this two, three weeks ago that I couldn't wait to have Michigan fans come in all fat and happy thinking that they are just going to be handed this game. And Tony Petiti's going to have to eat all that crow and hand this trophy to Jim Harbaugh. Only to walk away disappointed to find out somehow they too found a way to lose to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Why not? Yeah, the Hawkeyes is... Look, I should know something about the Hawkeyes. I, too, on Sundays, enjoy a team in black and yellow with an offensive coordinator that absolutely everybody in the fan base loathes, that has a head coach who has seemingly been here forever, and you wonder if he shouldn't have stepped down years ago. Being led by a defense that looks otherworldly with one of the best players anchoring it in all of the sports. And then having an offense that seemingly can't outgain anybody yet still wins. I go through it every Sunday. And it still happens. Look, I'm not saying 
I'm not being 100% serious that I was going to win this football game. But the people have completely written them off. I'm, uh, have you not learned your lesson? What, Deacon Hill's lost, what, one start? One? Now, granted, he's not running through the prime of the league. Not playing, they're not playing Michigan. They're not playing, uh, or at least he's not playing Penn State. Not playing Ohio State. But they found ways to win low-scoring games. Yes, he's got a terrible completion percentage. 48%. It's not good. But doesn't this kind of set up for a scenario where Michigan feels like this is already in the bag, they're good to go, that they keep it kind of vanilla, they don't go crazy. And then all of a sudden we enter the fourth quarter and this is maybe like a a 10-point game, maybe. It gets a little bit too close. I don't know. I think people are kind of bugging out about this, and uh, I think it's insanely low. Uh, Corey Perry officially out. We talked about this at the top of the show. Nobody seems to know exactly what it is, except that the rumor about Perry and Bettard's mom is completely false. I have no idea what happened. Nobody seems to really know what happened. But he's off the team. It'll be interesting to see how the Blackhawks react after that. Because if he was inappropriate with somebody and all that, maybe he was a problem in the locker room. And perhaps, perhaps, when you remove people like that, people breathe a little bit easier. They go back to having fun and they win again. Maybe. That changes tonight when they take on the Kraken. And finally, y'all know Jim Harbaugh got paid half a million dollars for a game he didn't even coach in. That's right. Stipulation in his contract says that he gets a hundred mil or gets five hundred thousand dollars for beating Ohio State. But he didn't coach the game. But he still gets to cash that check. What a wonderful game. In a uh, season where we're paying out record, record buyouts for coaches left and right, doesn't it make sense that another one shouldn't make money for a game? They didn't even coach. It seems about right. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Hammer Down Show. Tomorrow, Brian Newbert's going to join us. Plus, Purdue Iowa men's basketball tickets for you to win. So make sure you come on back here tomorrow, 3 o'clock, for the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer.